0: 18 plus. You've downloaded the College Skin Podcast with your host, Andrew T. Evans. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. I like it. I like it. With special guest Ryan Ross Roar.
1: But he goes by Ross.
0: Yeah, he goes by. I, uh,
1: my name would be Ryan Ross Roar. Uh, it's a lot of R's, so my parents. Knew yes. It, uh, or actually, a lot of people thought that I was raised by pirates. If you can actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan Ross Roar. And occasional
0: special guest True Seal.
1: That's because I'm an ass, guy. Uh, um, nah,
0: sorry. you're just, you're just a funny guy.
1: We're the CAA we're official puzzle. I got a comb over haircut
0: I'm Mark Emmert I'm Mark like Emmert and Donald Trump all rolled in the one we're not talking about someone. Yeah. We're not talking about a Tom Brandwee here all right we're about <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say right now to everybody I apologize for being an absolute moron for uh, asking that question not, of course no, I know that wrong
1: after- with asking that question
0: no that was stupid I I, I don't Stop know why I asked it. that because Stop I already it. knew the answer so
1: and now here's your Most. host Andrew T. Evans.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the College Pigskin Podcast. This is the Buckeye Leafcast portion of the show and on the phone with me to do, I believe, our third college pigskin splash buckeye leafcast of the year the incomparable the infallible the intulable the indelible I think the third word I said doesn't even exist Mr. Triple R himself Ryan Ross Roar! yeah <laughs> goodness uh, yeah
1: well
0: I guess
1: even more people have been drinking after that
0: intro. But, uh, well, <laughs> I just got home from work, and I got a dog staring me in the face who wants to play a little, uh, I don't know what he wants to play. He's got, like, this rubber ice cream cone. Pork wait, 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 cone. you got a what? Yeah, well, it's uh, temporary, yes. There is a dog right now at our residence. Uh, his name is Bruce. He's three years old, and he is a naughty, naughty, naughty little puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> aren't we all? Uh, let's get, uh, to get your house-sitting.
0: What kind of dog? Yeah, we're dog-sitting right now. It's uh, Christie's daughter's dog. And, um, I, you know, I don't know, man. He's like a mutt of sorts. The other night, Christy was saying he looks like he's got some Russian Ridgeback in him. but his Russian Ridgeback? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's probably got a
1: little bit of a Russian Ridgeback and a little bit of Andrew Evans, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, well, good for you, I'm Gives you yourself a little life
0: around the apartment, so. Good. Oh yeah, he's he's certainly added a little bit of life. That's for sure. He's he's uh, he's a great dog, but he kind of kind of is uh, a little needy at times. So he's a little bit pesty. Where like I mean like right now he is like sitting right up against my chair, and like if he jumps up and he's laying in bed with you like if you literally have your hand still placed on his head and you stop petting or scratching his head he like throws his head you know up like come on keep going keep going keep going it's like you just can't stop with him like at all like he's just constant craving of attention uh, uh, but he's he's a good dog he well for the most part he did take a uh, piss on the bed sheet the other day for whatever reason <laughs> So. Uh, yeah, well, so did I. so was, uh, all right, uh-huh. I'll get you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, good. good for you. Good yeah. For you. Good, good looking out. Yeah, well, you know, so he's he's been over a few times, and we've watched watched old Bruce while uh, Miranda goes out of town. So, um, but uh, there's no way to parlay this into some Buckeye talk, so let's just jump right into it, uh, Mr. Roar. We're uh, Week number 10 here of the current NCAA 2015 football season. Buckeyes uh, ranked for the 10th week in a row as the top ranked number one team in the country in both uh, major college polls, the AP and the Amway polls. Uh, They are 8-0 on the year. 4-0 in the conference halfway through the Big Ten season. About two-thirds of the way through the regular uh, football season. And uh, had some ups, some downs so far. We really haven't had a chance to talk at length here about the Buckeyes uh, so far this year um but first off big news that happened just this past weekend and everybody's talking about it in fact you and I were just talking about it right before uh, we decided to crack the microphone and that is of course on JT Barrett the redshirt sophomore arrested for OVI this past Saturday morning all over the news and um Urban Meyer came out today and talked a little bit about it during uh, his press conference, and uh, apparently he commented that right now he is sitting for the Minnesota game, He did not lose his captaincy as of yet, but it sounds to be a a TBD, to be decided kind of thing, and um, also will lose uh, a a semester's worth of scholarship where he's going to have to pay for the one class he probably takes, and it sounds like it's going to be for this upcoming summer. So um, what did you see? Or here during the press conference that stood out to you as far as what Urban Meyer had to say with J.T. Barrett uh, and him being punished in the way he uh, he said he's going to get punished.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess he- more stunning, I think. I think it's kind of uh, anybody and everybody that is, you know, known what JT has done what he's, you know, the type of person that he is, the type of leader he is, the type of work ethic he has. Um, I think uh, if, if if you were, you know, take anybody uh, on this team in which this would not happen to, I think you would have to put JT up there towards the top, probably along with, you know, like a Braxton or, you know, one of the seniors or something along those lines. But you just, you just, do everything you hear and everything you've known up until, uh, known about JT up until this point, you Definitely would not uh, have seen that coming. So I think in the in the, com- or the press conference or even in the interviews from the players, I think um, this it just looks like the most part people are still just. I don't think it's settled in yet. Um, so I think um, you know they're still waiting for a lot of the facts. Um, but I will say on uh, on Irvin's behalf, you got to keep in mind um, he just did his book release, you know, last week. And I don't mm. know if you watched a lot of these uh, these these interviews, on that going on. You know, Charlie Rose. You know, he's going on. You know, the O'Reilly Factor, and you know, by every single, you know he has to be an outlet and uh, you know pretty much every single one of those people um in attendance or the interviewers were asking him of course about the quarterback situation primarily because that's just what's been the talk ever you know forever one of the things you just can't get away from it um so and you know he, he and, and being that it was just last week and being that he had just you know initiated jt as the starter um you know a lot of those questions were coming through is you know what what why JT why now what you see in him and over and over and over and over again you see you know, we're been talking about, you know, his, his work ethic is, you know, on, above everybody else's. He's a natural-born leader. He works harder than everybody else. I mean, he used the term, um, you know, in a couple of these interviews that he was, you know, a lot in Kibo-like um, towards a lot of them. And, you know, if he ever had a son, he would want, you know, the guy to be just like JT is. And he comes from a good background. And he does everything the right way. Um, you know, and this was just a week ago, Andrew. So, and I think then all of a sudden you see this come out um, where all this information is. And... Well, what it does, it almost makes it look like Urban is kind of, you know, it's it, it kind of hit him harder than everybody else because here he is just a we're going the whole round circuit of all these interviews and talking about what a great person he is. And as everybody bought in, and then less than a week later, he turns around and this is the only guy that's been in trouble on his team all year
0: long. So, um, yeah, I think except he, for, uh... Except for Damon Webb, who got suspended earlier this year, and nothing has been said since. He yeah. never commented on why he was suspended, and nobody's really asked ever since. It's just kind of been blown under the rug. But aside from Damon Webb, this is definitely the most, um, you know, in the forefront as far as an OSU player getting in trouble. Sure. But I
1: think it's. It, I think it just makes it a lot different knowing that it's JT and he was just out there singing every bit of praise that he could possibly, um, you know, sing for the most part. And it's almost like he, you know, it's almost like, you know, he, deep within inside him, Urban is kind of saying, JT, how could you do this after everything that I just did, you know, talked about this and all this? And I don't, you know, I know Irvin's probably not going to take it that way, but I think that's just kind of usually so stunned um, is the word that I would probably use. Just unpredicted, just stunned, just. Um, you know, kind of like, uh, I, I don't, disappointed probably would be a good word. Um, I don't think it's mad or anger or anything along those lines. It's kind of, um, you know, he views JT like his son. Um, and I think that usually when you, you know, you're not supposed to do something and you do something like that, um, so you just, just disappointed. And I think he is going to wait until all the facts come out before he actually makes, um, you know, the decision as far as what, you know, what this is going to entail. And, uh, you know, I'll let you speak on your behalf, but I definitely want to get back to this because there was, there's two range of emotions that I had. Uh, going forward and we'll we'll talk about that as soon as you throw your two cents in there
0: yeah number one uh how does that you know make urban meyer look i mean what is that you know to to go out on a big book tour and be doing all of these you know um huge interviews with national you know members of the of the media that have you know long-standing members of the media you just named charlie rose and and bill o'reilly and so on and so forth and then um Less than a week later, the guy you're singing the praises of comes out and does that. Yeah, definitely a a black eye of sorts on on Urban. Made him look kind of foolish. Um, Number two, are you yourself truly surprised that this happened? Or are you kind of surmising that that's how Urban feels in that he's shocked and disappointed and and so on and so forth? I mean, is that the way you feel? Because me personally, I'm not shocked. Am I disappointed? Eh. No. Because I'm going to sit here and tell you that I was a kid myself. Sometimes I still act like a kid at 38 years old. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I still do dumb things at 38 years old. Um, And quite honestly i've been there and i've done that and i've been in his position personally so i'm certainly not going to throw stones at jt barrett for getting into the predicament that he got into because a lot of other people have done so myself included it's not fun it's a dumb thing to do don't get me wrong i'm not trying to lay off blame you know that that what he did that that what he did wasn't stupid it definitely was Um, But I'm certainly not going to sit here and say that I am disappointed in him because that's just a kid being a kid as far as I'm concerned. And kids do stupid things. Even adults do stupid things. Uh, And two, um, you're on Ohio State campus. I'm not at all shocked that this happened to the captain of the football team. He's a 20-year-old kid at Ohio State Columbus, Ohio, it is the largest main uh, campus in the entire country, if not in the entire world, with 40-some thousand, 40-some thousand students, and you're in the middle of downtown friggin' Columbus, with house parties and bars and restaurants and all over the friggin' place. So you can't sit here and tell me that At some point, this kid is just going to go do his homework on the weekend, especially Halloween friggin' weekend, which there was probably a slew of house parties, and I'm sure he hit quite a few of them, and of course that's why he's in the predicament that he's in. Um, But, you know, it's Halloween weekend, you got the weekend off, and Urban even told these guys, hey, look, you've got the weekend off, play it smart. He didn't do so, but Urban probably himself, I'm sure, is not totally shocked. He's probably a little disappointed that he didn't make the right decision, but not totally shocked that he was out doing what he did. That's my input.
1: Yeah, I don't mean I, mean I mean, obviously, we all agree with that. But it's the, the timing is a little odd, um, being that you've been in a you know a quarterback war for. An entire year, and the minute you get annoyed with the job, then you turn around and you know, kind of. And, and there's some people out there that were also saying, if you if you kind of rewind the clock a little bit, just based upon uh, you know, some of the interview and his uh, his kind of rant on his arm strength and when he kind of snapped off with the media just in the earlier part of last week as well. Yeah. Um. You know, that was very uncharacteristic of him as well. So it almost kind of seemed like um, last week was just kind of you know you had a, you know he's okay for God's sake. I mean, this is not something you know he doesn't usually he's very calm, very cool, very Collected, always in control, and it seemed like he, uh, you know, he kind of went off on a rant there when they were kind of saying, you know, his, his arm strength isn't what Cardell's is, and then, you know, three or four days later, he turns around and gets nailed with this. Um, I mean, I agree with you 100%. I mean, sure, he's going to be inviting, doing all those things, and he's going to do what 20 year old kids do, but. Uh, you know, he's got a lot more at stake uh, than most people out there. Um, You you know, when you represent the university as the captain of the football team and starting quarterback, um, you know, there are some things, Andrew, that you just can't do, and you've you you created that monster for the most part for you, for me, for, you know, 40,000 other people out there on that freshman campus can all go do those things. Um, but, you know, when you're the captain of the football team and your eyes are constantly, everybody's eyes are always on you, um, you know, it's different I mean it is different so I mean he's, he's not on the same level as either you or I or 40,000 other people are he's not because there's probably 40,000 other people that could have done exactly what he did um, and gotten away with it um, but he's not I mean this isn't Tallahassee, man this isn't the police that are just going to turn around and you know turn a blind eye and hey you want to ride home sure leave all well, your girls and we got girls and drugs back at the farm but we'll just take you there you know isn't. that's like well, you've been around for as long as I am the Columbus police love nailing the athlete here I mean they just that you can't get away with it, and you see it time and time and time and time again. I'm not saying I'm, I'm shocked at happened. No, I'm not. The timing, um, a little bit, because he's just now got the job. You've been working so hard to get the job, and you just now got it, and then you turn around, and now you just throw it all away. So um, am I shocked? No. Um, it's done, no, I mean, I, I think it still has to settle in a little bit, and that's kind of what I meant by, you know, kind of watching all these media members and talks and everything along the lines, I just don't think that, um, people expected it, and I just don't think they know how to handle it yet, and I don't think that all the information is out there yet for them to be able to kind of, you know, speak on how they actually feel about it until it's all said and done, but um, it is what it is, and, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's it, hopefully it We don't go through this again for the rest of the year with another person. That's pretty much all I can say. I think this is not a major, major, major offense. Um, I think, uh, you know, going back, um, does the punishment fit the crime? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, I think you just touched on it, and it's the fact that it just happened after he finally gets the starting nod he, uh, the Urban Meyer goes out on his book tour, all of that. It was just extremely terrible timing, you know? That's, that's, that's exactly it, dude. I think that's just why a lot of. OSU fans are so up in arms at JT and, you know, calling him this and calling him that. Hey, man, like I said, just because you go out and you, you, you get behind the wheel of a car and you drive drunk, that doesn't make you a heathen. That doesn't make you an, a, a bad guy. It's a stupid decision. To make, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't mean that you are an evil person and you should be put to death and you should have your scholarship taken away and you should be kicked off the team and blah, 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 blah. I mean, you know, settle down here, OSU fans. He's a kid, he made a mistake, he'll learn. We've all been there. We've all been there. So that's what we have to remember is that he's a kid and he made a mistake. And I think you saw the level of his maturity. He seemed like he was so much more mature, uh, or at least he was being made out to be this super mature guy. But yet... Right before that happened, he did kind of snap off at the media and say, oh, my arm strength, what? You know, what do you got to say now? And all this kind of stuff. And it's like, wow, that seemed very un esque if you will. And I think right there that just um, – that right there I think spoke volumes in that – He's still got a lot to learn. He's still got a lot of growing to do. We're placing a ton of responsibility on a kid who's, you know, barely who's been out of high school for what, you know, three years now. I mean, that's that's still a lot of growing, a lot of learning to do. So, um, tomorrow the uh, poll comes out. The first college football playoff rankings. Uh, Does this do anything to Ohio State in being put in the top four? And Ross. Who do you got in your top four?
1: Well, this is, uh, let me just first out by saying this. Uh, the, the, the poll that's going to come out tomorrow I mean, it's absolutely squat in terms of anything. Uh, you got to keep in mind when the first polls came out last year, Ohio State was ranked 16th, for God's sake, right. um, when the first initial college football poll came out. So, I mean, right. that just goes to show you right there, I mean, how much... Um, you know, this poll doesn't mean anything. Um, so, but it does, does it hurt them? No. Uh, it doesn't hurt them because keep in mind with it, you got Baylor that's also going to be going through, a, you know, a quarterback transition, and we've been through this before. Um, so does it hurt us? No. I mean, are we going to be the number one overall seed? Who cares? I mean, we'll probably, I think we're going to be one or two, um, without a doubt. I mean, I think the only other, um, team that I can think of right off the top of my head that actually would, would compare to that would be Baylor, but then again they're planning on taking uh, um, you know strength of schedules um, in terms of uh, you know how that goes but uh, my my top four is exactly pretty much like the AP has it I mean I think Ohio State would be one better would be two I got Clemson at three and then LSU at four um, and I don't really see that happening Um you know obviously it's uh, interchange the next four I mean interchange TCU you know, or either Michigan State at Alabama, Notre Dame in there. Um, and you know, you could all bring up reasons as to why they would also be in there. But uh, we are still um, we a ways away from having I mean this we got some epic clashes coming up. Um, Galas, epic classes coming up within the next uh, three or four weeks of this uh, this football season, in which a lot of these teams that are actually in the top ten are going to be playing each other. It's not once, but almost in a round robin style tournament, uh, so to speak, um, with a lot of these. And not to mention rivalry games and conference championships. So we got a long way to go um, before we uh, we sort this mess out. But again, keep in mind Ohio State was 16th when that thing came out, and they ended up
0: winning the whole thing last time. Very, very, very valid point, and you never know uh, as the season wears on, uh, you know. Well, here's
1: the the fun part about that, too, is that if you wanted to use that emphasis, keep in mind that uh, Michigan is actually uh, both 16th and 17th, respectively, in both polls, so they're probably going to be right in that 16th, 17th uh, slot, just like Ohio State was last year when the first polls come out, so there's some irony in there, too.
0: Well, you just brought up a point. At least three huge games going down this weekend, which are undoubtedly going to affect, um, after you know, next week's uh, college football playoff ranking. And um, that's LSU Auburn. You got number four LSU numbers or uh, Auburn a- Alabama. You got number four LSU and number seven Alabama squaring off. So that's going to definitely play a part in next week's. Uh, you know rankings. Um, you've got Clemson, Florida State. I mean, Florida State's sitting number twelve. Clemson's undefeated at three. If Florida State pulls off an upset, <clears throat> you know, look out, Florida State, and that'll undoubtedly drop Clemson out of the out of the. You know, if they're they're ranked top four tomorrow, uh, and then yeah, you've got TCU who's taking on an undefeated Oklahoma State team. So in fact, that's the only top twenty-five matchup this weekend that features two undefeated teams squaring off. And TCU. TCU and Oklahoma State. So that's going to be a huge game as well. So you got three marquee games taking place this weekend where undoubtedly, um, <clears throat> unless Clemson, TCU, and, and LSU all win, uh, depending on the rankings tomorrow, you know, that may, that may really shuffle the outcome or it may not do anything at all if those three teams win. My top four, uh, honestly, right now, you mentioned it strength of schedule. Uh, is a huge part and um, I think LSU is your number one ranked team they're undefeated they've got Leonard Fournette whom everybody has at the top of the Heisman list right now who's just been running roughshod uh, over everybody Um, I think LSU is your number one team I think because of strength of schedule, Leonard Fournette, the offense they have, they play pretty good defense, I think LSU is going to be your number one team. Um, I think Ohio State's too, just because they're undefeated, yeah, they've played a, a weak schedule up to this point, um, and I think because of J.T. Barrett in this whole situation where he's, you know, the, the, his whole playing uh, has been thrown into uncertainty, that's going to play a part in it as well, but I still think that Ohio State's your second-rated team. I think Baylor Baylor may not get in the top four just because of what happened to Seth Russell. He's out for the year and he was leading the most prolific offense in the country. Now he's gone and a la Ohio State, they're going to have to rely on a redshirt freshman to come in. Now, their redshirt freshman is coming in more than halfway through the season whereas last year, Ohio State's redshirt freshman started at the beginning of the year so it's going to be interesting to see if uh, I think it's his name is Stidham, Um, if if he can continue the success of the offense where, you know, Seth Russell left off. Um, But I think just because of how Baylor has played up to this point, um, they will be number three. And then I think Clemson is your fourth rated team. Um, But having said that, uh, you know, do they leave a Baylor out? Do they put TCU in? Because they don't have a lot of faith in a redshirt freshman coming in more than halfway through the year, and instead they kind of feel that TCU is now the odds-on favorite uh, to win the Big 12. You know, I guess that remains to be seen. But I think LSU, Ohio State, Baylor, and uh, Clemson, that's your uh, your top four. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, I it's all going to play out, man. I mean, it is all going to play out. And, uh, being this little freshman guy from uh, Baylor, I mean, keep it this. I mean, he's got basically one game to get under the controls, and that's they play at Kansas State, uh, and then he's got. A- and you got to play Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, TCU, and then Texas. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, he's, he's going to be forced to grow up pretty quick, and you are going to see him. Now, if they can somehow manage to navigate that, um, Baylor is going to be for real. But we were all waiting for these four games, uh, long before the season almost even began for Baylor. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate because I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, that offense with Seth Russell go in against some of these other teams and maybe make the playoffs. and, uh, um, you know, seeing if they can uh, see if they can hang seventy on some of the big boys. But uh, you know, now we'll, we'll, we'll guess we'll never know. But, yeah, uh, but yeah. But again, college football rankings. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, I guess it's just polar talk as of right now because um, in the next three weeks, it's going to shuffle so much um, that it, it's really almost completely and totally irrelevant to uh, to even put any stake in anything um, that shows up on those boards tomorrow
0: well you know this is all part of of the game as they say i mean you've got uh you know a lot going on in the landscape of college football obviously on the field off the field and you know you you brought up a great point ohio state they were 16th when this poll first came out and then look at what happened so um it'll be interesting to see how especially once again this weekend shakes out i i think uh I think it's 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 gonna be great to, to watch some of these games go down and see if um these top teams, if they do win, if they're close, if that keeps them up there, uh, if they don't win, obviously they're going to fall and then who's going to jump up. But, um, you know, speaking of, of prolific offenses, Ohio State's offense, of course, uh, you know, JT was just handed the keys last weekend and, and led him to, a, or two weekends ago, led him to a 49-7 route over Rutgers. Um, but a lot was made of the OSU offense up to that point and you brought up something to me, you texted me here Um, I don't know, it was like last week or something. And what was that text that you said regarding Ohio State's offense and how everybody was, you know, especially here in Columbus, like, ah, the offense stinks, they suck, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, JT comes in, and you could tell JT definitely added another element to the offense. He just They seemed a lot smoother. They seemed to run more efficiently uh, with JT under center. Um, And, you know, the Penn State game, they put him in during red zone situations which they went a perfect 6-for-6 in that game, something they hadn't done all season. Then they replicate that against Rutgers going 6-for-6 in the red zone. What was that text, though, that you had sent me about Ohio State's offense? Well, it
1: was, uh, everybody was talking about how bad Ohio State's offense was, and they were first in scoring, first in passing, first in rushing, and uh, first in one other category. I mean, in every major offensive category, um, they were rated first in the big cast. Uh, so everybody was, you know, talking about how horrible they were and how they suck, and they can't do anything with Cardell in there. But yet all he did was basically, you know remain first in every single offensive category that was related. I can't remember exactly what the, what the fourth statistic was, um, but it definitely was something, uh, um, you know, passing yards. I mean, total, or I think it was scoring. Uh, I think it was total yards. Um, uh, might've been one. Um, I think, uh, rushing and, uh, you know, probably passing or something along those lines. Or it was something. But there was four statistical categories in which they ranked number one in the Big Ten. Um, And yet, even though they were were beating teams by three and four scores, um, they still just you know people just weren't happy um, and I just thought it was kind of funny um to know that you know it's it's they're, they're still beating teams um pretty not not good and it wasn't sluggish and I think I think the expectation was too high um, I yep. still think it's too high yep. um but I will tell you there um, one of the more uh, interesting facts again somebody was saying um you know last week and you listened to all these when JT was in there as far as uh, you know the Rutgers game or whatever and everybody was like hey you know what's the uh, what's the biggest takeaway you' gonna have um, with watching that game and uh, you know for I mean, there was three um, and in a particular order. Um, I think clearly defense, um, I think you kind of shown up. But, I mean, again, when you're talking defense, I mean, you are, you know, and it was Rutgers. I mean, Rutgers had scored 35 points a game on the average. So, you know, you shut them down. You saw what Penn State did. To Illinois, this, they put numbers up there. So, um, defense is definitely um, coming in there. Um, JG obviously, you wanted to take away from that. I mean, I thought his, his goals were very, very good. But, um, You realize that we didn't have any penalties against Rutgers last week? Not a single flag was thrown against Rutgers last week. and That was the first time since 2010, in over five years, that we'd actually played a game where we didn't have one single penalty um, thrown on that. So my biggest takeaway uh, was the no flags. And the reason why I say that is because five games into the season, um, if you remember... um, you know, we ranked 104th in the nation. We were averaging eight penalties a game for crying out loud. Um, we were one of the most penalized teams in college football um, through those first five games. Not to mention, we ranked 117th in turnovers at almost three games in the first five games. Um, so the wow. biggest takeaway is, is you don't you you we didn't turn the ball over and we didn't penalize ourselves. And you know, you got to think about it. One of the reasons why we didn't do so well in those first games is because a. We turn the ball over all the time. And me, I mean, we, we, we were penalizing ourselves, so that wasn't Cardell. I mean, that's not Cardell Jones throwing the ball or running that off. I mean, to granted, it didn't look that good, but every time you have a good play and it's negated by a penalty, um, you know, that's that's not Cardell's fault. And every time you get all the way down to the red zone and you turn the ball over like we did several times, that's not Cardell's fault. So the whole thing about Cardell being bad or whatever or whatnot, I mean, I'm not, I'm not completely and totally bought in. That's one of the reasons why he was so good last year is because we didn't penalize ourselves. And we didn't turn the ball over. And Devin Smith also helps catch balls. But we'll, we'll, I'm just, it, it's, it's, my biggest takeaway was the fact that we weren't
0: penalized. That, that's what I'm taking away from it last week. Well, don't forget, Cardale Jones did have four turnovers in the national championship game three picks and a fumble. Sure. And they still won that game by 22 points thanks to some great. Defense. So, yes, Cardale, should he be completely absolved of running an inefficient offense? No, because there were times even this season that uh, they got down there deep. Uh, I, I remember at least one in particular when he threw a uh, pick there in the end zone uh, against Northern Illinois. Um, But, yeah, I mean, is it totally his fault? No. Because there were plays that they were successful on where they had huge gains and they got negated by a holding penalty or, you know, something silly. So, is it all Cardale's fault? No. Um, But, But just take the rhythm. I mean, those penalties
1: yeah. kill your rhythm. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. kill your rhythm. And like, it it you does. When JT when JT comes in there, everybody's ready to go, and it just runs very smooth. And you know, if, you, if you're driving all the way down the field, even when JT's in there, and you get a holding penalty, I mean, that just kills your momentum. Um, so they it just they just played very clean with JT in there, even in the red zone. It's very clean. So it looks and it's, and it's better. There's no doubt it's better with him in there. Um, but I'm not I'm not jumping all over the place saying that you know it was. Uh, it, it, don't penalize yourself. Uh, that's a huge. I mean, it just it just kills your momentum. And this is a tempo offense. And every time you get a penalty, it kills your tempo and it makes you look just. This plays are slow to develop. You don't get lined up correctly. You know, it's just it's just not fluid. And it definitely seems better with JT in there.
0: Well, and it's going to look uh, maybe. Do you think? Well, all right. So let's uh, talk about Minnesota then. This weekend, they're going to be without JT Barrett. Um, you know, do they look the same? as they have all year with Cardale back in there? Or maybe does Cardale come in with uh, a sense of, um, you know, they, that, they, that sense of I'm the last, you know, line of, of well, not defense, but offense uh, in this case, where much like the last three games, you know, of the season last year, um, you know, the offense still ran extremely efficiently. Um, are they going to look that way against Minnesota? And is that because they're Minnesota, or is that because maybe Cardale goes in with a little bit more confidence that he's really going to be the only guy playing? I mean, unless they're up by like 800 points and they decide to put Stephen Collier in, um, more than likely Cardale is going to be the only quarterback on the field. You would think that, but this just just
1: recently released, uh, they have now named, officially named Braxton Miller the backup quarterback for this game, by the way. I don't know if uh, you're familiar with that. So there is no Burroughs, and there is no Collier. If Ardell is either hurt or if he's having a bad game, they have listed Braxton Miller as the second-best handy backup quarterback, and they're even going as far as to say that he is going to take snaps at quarterback in this game. Um, So... Uh, it's, it's the whole thought process of, you know, last year Pardell was going into these three games knowing that he was the man and didn't have to look over his shoulder um, for anybody backing him up, um, that theory is completely and totally gone now. As both Warner and Meyer have both jumped up there and said that Braxton will be um, involved in some type of quarterback plays and is ready to go and can throw the ball if he wants to. And they have designed packages for him being in there. He's listed under the depth chart as the number two quarterback. Um, so Cardell uh, is not going to have that wonderful luxury that he had last year of being the guy. He's still going to have another guy looking over looking over his shoulder that if he doesn't go out there and perform or does something stupid, that yeah, guess what. Uh, you know, practice is going to be thrown right in there. Um, that being said, um, I do think that, uh, without a doubt, Cardell plays better in the biggest moments. I think uh, he, he, he it appears, I mean, for Christ's sake, Andrew, the guy's 10-0 as a starter. Uh, he's won the UBP, yeah. the, the, the Big Ten Championship. He beat out in the Super Bowl, and he won a national championship. So, um, you know, we know he's got it in him. Um, it's just a matter of having the right scenario to which we can bring it out. Maybe this is it. Maybe he was humbled by it. Um, maybe he needs to have people doubting him because, hey, you know, they were they were coining this guy as being a first round draft pick after that national championship game, and yeah. all of a sudden he's been pulled, um, you know, halfway through the season this time to, as a homeless. And so maybe you know he was having everybody patting him on the back, saying how great he was, and he's now a legend of Ohio State, and he was enjoying it. There's no doubt about it. He's following him on Twitter. You watch him on the shows. You see him on the field. Um, he was having fun with it, um, and I think. That he may actually come through and play his best football when people actually start to doubt him, and I think there's been a lot of people that have actually doubted him. So I'm very really interested um, to see exactly what he comes in there and how he operates and what he does and how he performs and just his just just. just you know his his his, I mean, his performance. I mean, let's just put it this way. I'm I'm very interested to see um, how he takes this and if he can step it up. Now, well, granted, it is going to be against another inferior opponent in Minnesota because I think Minnesota's done. I think they they played with heavy hearts last week and after that particular loss that they got last week. Now they pretty much have no shot at winning uh, the Big Ten. I was finally in the driver's seat as far as that goes. Oh, so yeah, um, totally. they're no longer playing uh, you know a heavy for or Jerry Kill. Now they're just kind of there. Um, So I I expect him to come in and just get absolutely just trampled, and I think they're running into a very, very um, mean or or very upset uh, Cardell Jones, and I think you're going to see that happen. I think Cardell's going to have a fantastic game.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, uh, yeah, Minnesota, you know, a program that, uh, you know, with the, the loss of Jerry Kill, uh you know him stepping down uh they definitely you know they fought hard in that game last weekend they weren't able to pull it out and um this being a night game at home for ohio state uh everything that's going on you know with them as far as um just i think they're they're going to be angry because of what happened with jt and the fact that um you know, a lot of people probably are doubting Cardale. And I think you're right. I think that it's going to be a um, – I think this is going to be a testament to this team to see, you know, how well they uh, they bounce back. And um, it always seems like Ohio State, especially, you know, under Urban Meyer, for the most part, they, they play angry and they play, you know, exceptionally well when people are doubting them. And um, I could see this being a, a very bad – uh loss for minnesota and a very big win for ohio state and um you know i'm gonna go out and uh say that the buckeyes probably roll up um i think that th- they're gonna roll up the most points they've rolled up uh this season and i'm gonna go with a uh i'm gonna go with like 56 i'm gonna go with like a 56 to to three win something crazy
1: <laughs> I mean, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. And you know, as well as I do, William, for the couple years that we've done this, we predict scores, I and mean, we're usually more on the humble side of Ohio State victories. I mean, you know, you've got other people up there saying yeah. um, scores like you just said, and we're always like, "Dude, that's not going to happen." But I, I do think that this is—I uh, do think this is going to happen. I mean, like I said, that night game. Um, you know, with all the stuff that's going on, I think everybody's angry, and I think everybody—you—you you have that motivational thing that you needed as of last year. Where everybody's saying you don't belong, you don't belong here, you're not you're not good enough. You're now um, you've lost all your talent. You know your quarterback's gone and blah blah blah. And they use that to fuel everything that they did last year. And guess what? It's coming right back around again, um, providing some fuel for this stretch run. And I, I agree. I think they're angry. I think they're pissed. Um, and uh, you know, I was I was actually going to say 56 to 13 would be the score. Cause I think they're, the, the game's going to be out of reach going into the fourth quarter, and we'll probably give up few garbage touchdowns or something along those lines so like, I gave him a little more credit than the three points, but um, not much. Uh, I think Minnesota's defeated. I think they're done, and uh, they're going to run into a off.
0: Now, where did you hear that Braxton Miller had been announced as the backup quarterback? Because according to the website, the official depth chart has not been updated as of uh, October 20th. All
1: right, well, let's look at this. Um, based upon... Well, let's see. I mean, if you go on to, uh, I guess, well, I'll, I'll throw the name out there by the name of, uh, I'll the name of Eric Seger, uh, who's just kind of a beat writer, so to speak. Um, I guess you can say, even within the, the the transcript or the actual interview that they talked about with Urban during his press conference, it was quote unquote as saying, as of right now, uh, well, somebody was asking him, who the backup quarterback would be, and uh, Urban personally said, he said, as of right now, it would be Braxton. He said, we're right in the middle of those conversations, but there's no He's our number two quarterback. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's coming right from the head coach's mouth. I mean, that, that's pretty much where I'm at right now, and obviously that's probably going to subject to change. Um, but if you listen to that interview, if you listen to her video, if you listen to her, uh, I'll read a transcript. That was, uh, that's coming right, quote-unquote, from Urban's mouth during the press conference today. So that's where I got
0: that information. Okay, well, I mean, if that's what Urban said during the press conference, then obviously from the horse's mouth, that's something I'll – I'll go ahead and, you know, take the heart as well. So, so there you I go. I wrong. I mean, if I'm wrong, we'll, we'll stay in
1: or whatever. But, uh, but again, Just, uh, going like about I thought about this and hard when these were coming through and two things kind of hit me. And the first thing was, is, uh, I kind of talked about that with Urban kind of going around with all this, um, you know, eating her oh, as you know, conversations with his book or whatever or whatnot. And I do also remember him um saying right when he first got here that, you know, based upon his history of Florida and everything that he had to deal with he came here at Ohio State, he would definitely have to be, you know, punishing more. Um, you know, we need to be we need to be ahead of the curve and, you know, this is, you know, where we are. Um, we need to do, um, you know, more discipline for uh, you know, kind of the, the you know, the stuff that people do or whatever or whatnot. But, um I you know, um I'm going back um, I was kind of looking at somebody who wrote something up, uh, revolving pretty much everybody that had been, um, you know, involved in these particular things too. And I mean, you could go back to, uh, you know, most recently, I mean, the Oklahoma State wide receiver, uh, Jaquan Seals, who was arrested for, uh, you know, DUI on October 19th, had a one game suspension. I mean, Arkansas tight end, uh, CJ O'Grady, um, was picked up for a DUI and was suspended for one game. Uh, Pat Narduzzi for Pitt, um, had two of his players uh, that were that were busted while driving intoxicated. Um, and they were both suspended for the Panthers' season opener, and then both of them returned to the game. Um, if you go back, you can think of Michigan running back, Patero uh, Toussaint, um, pleaded guilty to a DUI in the summer of 2012 when he was suspended for the first game. Uh, Oregon defensive lineman on October 12th had a DUI suspended for one game. Stanford linebacker Shane Scott cited for a DUI in January 2012 suspender for the opening, um, season opener. So, um, yes, do I want to be, you know, a fan of Ohio State and if you do things bad that you need to do this, but, um, Why should we be any different than any of these other people? The rules aren't going to change. Nobody's perception is going to do it. I mean, it's not like if he's been at JT for the rest of the year that people's perception of Ohio State is going to change. You know, they're all of a sudden going to think Urban Meyer is, you know, the big disciplinarian. it's not. And so, I mean, at first when I thought about that, I I actually told a couple people that I would be surprised that JT even sees the field again just because – the way that uh, just the way it handled, and I'm saying to myself, you know what? And I'm looking at all these things that have gone on in the past, and how everybody just gets a one-game suspension, and you know, you had you know Cam Newton's able to do whatever he wants to do, and never got suspended. Jameis Winston only got half a season, half a game or whatever whatnot And I'm just like, you know, forget it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not about being more disciplined. In the area action. Um, in this than all those other schools combined because it's not going to do any good as a result of doing that. Kids are going to do what they do, schools are going to do what they do, and the people's perception of those particular schools are going to be their perception no matter what happens. And so, I'm cool with JT getting a one-game suspension and then returning uh, next week. I wasn't when I first came out because it kind of angered me a little bit, but now I'm like, you know what? Um, if JT is the man, he made a bad mistake, as you just said, he's a 20-year-old kid, Boom. Um, let him. let him Service price. He's suspended for one game, and let him come back next week. And I don't really care what anybody says about it. So, um, punishment going to fit the crime. He's going to get a one-game suspension, uh, depending upon uh, you know how Cardale performs in this game on uh, against Minnesota. Is going to determine whether or not JT starts or whether or not he comes in at relief. But you will see him on the field again um, next week. He gets Illinois indefinitely for Michigan State.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. He's definitely, uh, he's, he's he may not get the start against Illinois. Um, he's definitely going to see the field, and I wouldn't doubt if you see him back as the starter for both Michigan State and Michigan because they're obviously going to need him, you know, for those last two uh, slobber knockers of the year. But it should be interesting here. Like I said, we got uh, the Buckeyes coming up this weekend. We got a bunch of marquee games. We got the college football playoff rankings tomorrow. Uh, so it should be fun and uh, should be an exciting week of football. So before we we uh before we jump off here, anything uh any uh more two cents you wanna throw in? No, uh no jackets. <laughs> no jackets, oh my god. You yeah, in the jackets, man. You, you gotta drop that. I mean that's No, well I am now. As a matter of fact I've watched a
1: total of two games this year and that was it. Now it's uh, I am I'm um, right here as it is uh, November second or whatever I am officially um Saying so, you know, that Columbus is not going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> if they do, they have 70 games left. Uh, they're not gone. They've already, they've already eliminated themselves. All right, you can't lose this many games
0: and this early and be anywhere near it. So, uh, um, so yeah. So we, we, Columbus, has that going for them too. Yeah, which is nice. Always nice. Well, all right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ryan Ross Rohr joining me here for the Buckeye LeafCast portion of the College Pigskin Podcast. I want to thank everybody for downloading this edition of the show. It's been brought to you by Christie's Cleaning Services, LLC. It's not clean until it's Christie Clean. Visit her Facebook page at Christie's Cleaning Services, LLC, and also Baker House on 8 for all the sweetest treats and delectable delights. That you can fit in your mouth. Visit BakerHouseOn8.com. That's B-A-K-E-R-H-O-U-Z. The number 8 O-N. Or actually O-N. The number 8.com. I'll get it right. And ColumbusWire.net for your premier sports authority here in central Ohio. Check out columbuswired.net for myself and all of the other talented journalists and photographers that we have on staff for all of your premiere updates and goings-on here in not only central Ohio, but the entire state of Ohio that's involved in sports. It's columbuswired.net. So there you go, Ross. Uh, hey, let's do it again next week, and hopefully we'll be talking about a uh, big uh, big Minnesota win. I think so. <laughs> a great one. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Peace out. Until the next time. Later on. Hang on, Snoopy. Snoopy, hang on. Hang on, Snoopy. Snoopy, hang on. Snoopy lives
1: in a very bad part of town. We'll be right